What is Going On, Fellow Chatters. With everything that is going on, I've decided to focus the podcast on talking to people whose business has been greatly affected by not being able to do what they do, and I want them to share their story. Today on the show, I get a chance to chat with TV radio host, keynote speaker, and entrepreneur, Amber Mack, as we talk about how she had to make her way back to Canada after the shutdown was announced, and how she is helping other entrepreneurs figure out how to work from home. The coffee that is along for the ride today is homebrewed. And now, here's my chat with Amber Mack. Well, thanks very much, Amber, for joining me today. Uh, I guess, first off, how are you doing and how are you keeping yourself busy? Yeah, so uh, the good news is that uh, in our household right now, everybody is healthy, uh, knock on wood. And uh, we came out of self-isolation after uh, a quick trip to Florida, and uh, we are doing well. I mean, I think based on the business that we're in, so much of what we can do can be done virtually. And a lot of the business is focused on online video, which uh, is in demand right now, as I'm sure you know. Yes. No. And and before we get into uh, kind of how you're proceeding and how you're helping out a lot of entrepreneurs who are finding themselves working from home and trying to figure out um, how to still conduct their business. Um, as you said, you 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 had a quick trip to Florida. That was seemed to be quite uh, a little bit of an adventure. It really was. So we had planned to go down to Florida for March break well before uh, COVID-19 was even declared a pandemic. And so I think it was the fourth day that we were there, it was declared a pandemic. A couple of days later, the Canadian government had announced that they wanted all Canadians to return home while commercial means were still available. And so within 36 hours, we got, uh, I guess, nine people uh, out of Florida and uh, all made our way back to three different provinces. And uh, we are happy to be back in Canada and uh, just like everybody else, waiting this out and trying to be as patient as possible. Yeah, it sort of must have been kind of like a little bit of like, uh, how are we going to do this? First of all, (laughs) let's figure out uh, what we needed. And you know, if everyone can get back at the same time, uh, were like the airports and everything, were they kind of packed at that time? I, I will say that it was sort of a surreal experience. I mean, the good news is we were actually out grocery shopping and because I'm such a, a news junkie and uh, a bit of a Twitter addict, <laughs> I was on Twitter when uh, the Canadian government uh, announced that Canadians should return home. So we actually left the store pretty much immediately, went home and within an hour, I had all of our tickets changed. So I, I think because we were so quick to do that and many people waited days or even weeks to to, I think, consider, is this really worthwhile? Do we need to do this? And uh, we acted pretty fast. So the, the most surreal moment for us was arriving at the airport in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, we were at the gate, and it was just packed with Canadians trying to get home. I think there were dozens of people on standby hoping to get on our flight to Toronto. And even more surreal, when the plane landed from Toronto, uh, even though this was a, a large um, uh, Boeing jet, there were only 13 people who got off the jet. So that was kind of a strange experience to see this massive plane and yet no one coming into the state of Florida. Well, I'm pretty sure like uh, people were doubting what was really happening. If, you know, uh, especially those that travel every year, it's all of a sudden being told to come back to Canada. It's like, no, I'm going to stay here because this is nice. 
Yeah, and and to be fair, I mean that that actually occurred to us as well because I think what's really happened for many people with COVID nineteen is that every day you realize the severity of what's going on with this pandemic and uh, what was reality for us three weeks ago now all of a sudden seems very far away. So I I think that uh, for a moment you think, well, we'd be better off just hunkering down here. We should be fine. But remember that was before they had tens of thousands of cases uh, all throughout the U.S., if not more. And uh, there were very few cases in Florida, if any, that people were even talking about. So we realize how fast moving this pandemic is. And I I think um, it's pretty jarring for a lot of people, quite frankly. Oh, for sure. For sure. And especially those who whose uh, job or career all of a sudden just stopped in an instant. as to what I'm doing, this podcast uh, kind of podcast series is talking to those who sort of a lot of their their jobs kind of stopped instantly. Uh, as for you, as being uh, part of your job as a keynote speaker, and you were seeing your you know your sort of conferences that you were going to sort of being canceled uh, day after day. Yeah, that that is also uh, another surreal thing. I mean, I've been on the professional speaking circuit for. I guess, 14 years now. And uh, I had dozens of events lined up throughout this spring. And uh, what started happening is that one by one, they all got postponed. I mean, I've been pretty fortunate because I do work with a a large speakers bureau and uh, all of my events have been postponed. I haven't had any cancellations. And uh, I don't think that's uh, the reality for for everyone, but um, I've been pretty fortunate, you know, just while we're chatting, I got another email that an event has been pushed to uh, November from May. So uh, I think people are just planning to delay things. And uh, that is clearly the the safest option at this point. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the, the, the issues that might actually happen is there's going to be a, a flux of events happening all at the same time. And you're going to have to almost pick and choose which ones you want to be at. <laughs> I think that will happen. And also, you know, even though uh, I'm hopeful that things will get better within a few months, to be honest with you, as a keynote speaker, it still makes me a little bit nervous thinking six months down the road, I have all these events that have been postponed. And I I worry about um, flying. I worry about being in large conferences with hundreds of people. I mean, it, it, it is, uh, it has definitely changed the uh, way I look at events and crowded spaces. (laughs) I think we're all being trained to be just that much more careful in terms of our proximity to other people. I I don't think you're the only one in that basket. I think a lot (laughs) of people are going to be sort of even just going to a sporting event, uh, a concert, a play, you're going to be like, I'm going to be sitting beside somebody who I don't know. Is that going to be safe? And that's going to be a question in a lot of people's heads. It really will be. And uh, I don't think it's... uh... You know, it's something that uh, we will forget about quickly. I mean, I would imagine even if some of these events go forward in, say, six months, I would imagine they would have different measures in place. Like, you know, typically within a conference setting, you're sitting within a couple of inches of someone else uh, from someone else. You try they try to pack in as many people as possible. Maybe, you know, you see different seating arrangements. You see different protocol in terms of handshakes. And uh, I, I think that all those things will make sense because it's not as though overnight this is just going 
going to end. I think um, we're just going to have to be more conscious that uh, you know, perhaps this could come back again. Perhaps it's something else. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And I think, yeah, as you said, like seating ranges may be different. There might be, you know, two events, there'd be less tickets sold. So there's less people attending. Uh, it, it is going to be sort of uh, kind of a wait and see and slowly get back into how, you know, I mean, it is going to be a new normal, but we have to get back to somewhat because that's who we are. Yeah, I, I think that's true, but I think it's okay as well to change. And I think it's it's clear that we have to all adapt. And I, I know people are struggling right now. I mean, I can only speak specifically about the event space, but people are struggling right now to figure out how do you uh, do events online? How do you create a virtual com- experience that is compelling? And, and I think there could be some good things that come out of that, some new opportunities. You know, if people are flying less, obviously it's better for the environment as well. So in my opinion, opinion. I mean, you know, obviously I'm being overly uh, positive, but I think that there will be some things that come out of this horrible experience that maybe allow us to uh, live and, and work uh, in a different way that that could actually have some advantages. Now, adapting is sort of a, a really huge word right now with especially entrepreneurs who are um, spent most of the time out and about trying to, to get their business off the ground or, you know, either like you doing events and that, uh, trying to adapting to this, uh, staying at home and trying to conduct your business. Now you've been helping out a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, what are some sort of tips to, to get somebody who is, was out and about now working from home on what they need to do to, uh, sort of keep in contact with those that they need to, to connect with? Well, I think we've seen probably that one of the most critical communication tools that has really risen to the uh, forefront has been, of course, video calls or video conferences. And and that's one of the things that we've been focusing a lot on is providing recommendations for these conversations in terms of the different software you can use, but also what are some of the, uh, some of the, the good um, uh, best practices that you can put in place to make sure that those calls look great. So I think that uh, video conferencing and platforms such as Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams, I think we're really seeing this increased demand. Uh, I know their numbers are staggering. I, I believe Zoom announced they have about 200 million daily users, and it was at 10 million in December. So we know more and more people are flocking to this new way of connecting. Yeah, and and it's, it is definitely a, a challenge because uh, a lot of, like, there's a lot more people at home during the day. So uh, internet, I know I've, I've noticed my internet sometimes just clunks out. And it's like, ah, I'm talking to someone <laughs> and all of a sudden they sort of disappear or everything stops. Uh, I think that is going to be the challenge as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a big concern. Can you imagine if we didn't have uh, uh, infrastructure right now for uh, communicating like this? I mean, I, I think that uh, we would be in pretty bad shape. So I know at the end of the day, we um, recognize that uh, this infrastructure is critical and there's also concerns about uh, how many people are now using this uh, technology to connect from home, to download movies. I mean, there's a a whole string of different ways that people are spending more time online. So, I mean, it puts some pressure on those giant telecommunications companies 
to ensure that um, we do have reliable inter internet and we're getting what we paid for in terms of the the bandwidth and speeds. And, and the one thing is, is it wasn't a slow build. It was all of a sudden in a snap, everything changed. And it's like, wait a sec, we're not prepared for this. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, this is the, again, I think this is the thing that um, everybody likely has a tough time uh, really uh, coming to terms with it is that, is that so much of what we're talking about has changed overnight and, uh, and, and continues to change, right? You know, we're having this conversation right now and you know, we're safe in our homes and working away as much as we can remotely and, you know, to get outside, the only thing I'm doing really is in the evenings taking our dog for a walk when no one else is around. But who knows if a week or two weeks there's going to be new physical distancing requirements? Who knows what the measures we are going to take? I mean, that that's how quickly things are changing, and it's a bit overwhelming. Oh, for sure. And and I know, like you and me, we have young ones at home, and they're starting a new adventure as well. And, and that is a bit of a challenge for for parents who who work who are now working at home and have kids who are are learning online and their teachers are trying to figure out how to do it as well and that yeah, I know yesterday um, I was you know in on uh, a little quick class that uh, my daughter's teacher was having and it, it is a challenge because uh, he, not only is he has to teach you know 20 24 kids they're not in the room yeah, it is. And, and the same thing for our son who was in grade five. I mean, right now while we're chatting, he's actually in virtual school. So they are doing, um, they had an, a virtual assembly this morning and then he has a, a chat with his classmates and his teacher. And I know that it's a whole different way of learning and, and um, it's, it's challenging for parents too, who are trying to work at home and then their kids are um, engaging this way. But I think at the end of the day, uh, for all of us, I mean, I had a conversation with this teacher yesterday. I said, "Listen, you know, you know, he's trying to keep up with the work that he has been given. He's trying to, you know, do lessons on his own. But there's some days he's not going to get that done. And first and foremost, uh, our priority, as should be everybody's priority, is the, you know, mental and physical health of the people in our house. So I think at the end of the day, we have to not have too many stressors in our lives. That's the last thing that we need. No, for sure. Now." Uh, before, before I let you go, uh, what are things that you've been doing apart from your work, apart from going for walks, sort of keep yourself, uh, somewhat sane in this, uh, where, you know, going out is almost a, a scary adventure. Sure. Well, I, you know, uh, it's, it's probably, um, something that everybody's facing right now in terms of what can you do just to keep yourself healthy. And and I think, you know, inside the house, what we're trying to do is just eat really healthy and, and cook more. I mean, I had such a grueling travel schedule where I was away pretty much every week for, uh, you know, more than a decade. So uh, now we're trying to cook as much in the house as possible, eat healthy meals. Um, I've also started running again. I used to run years ago and kind of backed off a little bit and got more into uh, doing group classes, which of course is not a reality anymore. So, uh, you know, I mean, maybe rediscovering things that uh, I never had time for before and, and even things like you know, listening to my favorite music and, and cooking and, and just feeling like, okay, even though this is incredibly stressful and it's a, a horrific situation that we're in, uh, finding that uh, calm at home and making sure that this is a safe space for everybody. I, and one thing that positive that can come out of this is, is that this is actually going to allow people to to sort of reconnect with their family 
uh, like they haven't before. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And, and, and you know, I, I don't want to uh, be too optimistic about things, but to be honest, for me personally, it's been a wonderful experience to be home more and uh, to spend more time with my son and and husband. And uh, I, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I think it's, um, you know, it's nice to connect in that way. And we're not just all running around um, in this chaotic schedule. And uh, it's forced us to really just just embrace a bit of slowness in our lives. Now, for those uh, who are, are working from home for the first time, those entrepreneurs who need help in, in sort of figuring out uh, this technology, oh, what are uh, links that you can help uh, provide uh, that can give them a good little start? Yeah, so I, I just um, worked with our team here at Amber Mac Media, and we just launched a, a, um, a, a section of my blog that focuses on uh, COVID-19 posts to help people throughout this process. So you can just head on over to ambermac.com slash COVID-19, and within that, you will find recommendations in terms of software for video calls, uh, how to survive as a small business during this time, uh, tips for staying connected with family and friends. So there's a lot of information over there. Well, thanks very much for taking time uh, to come chat with me and, and provide a little bit of sanity uh, in this uh, crazy world we have right now. Well, thank you so much. It's good chatting with you as always. Connect with Amber by searching Amber Mac on all the socials. You can also go to ambermac.com slash COVID-19 to get her tips on dealing with COVID-19. I would like to thank Amber Mac for chatting with me and thanks to you for tuning in. And you can contact me on Twitter at Jason Perrier. That's at Jason, P-E-R-R-I-E-R, and use the hashtag chance to chat with if there's someone who you want me to chat with. Until we chat again, I'm out. <laughs>